Welcome to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein, and today we meet Feldo Nartapura and Ruvi Dayao, the chefs and founders of Satisfied, a beloved catering and food cart company in the San Francisco Bay Area. Like many independent businesses, Satisfied began out of the necessity to make money. All of a sudden, like, I actually got laid off. So I'm locked in a lease and I had to pay rent. My family had a really amazing satay recipe. You know, I'll just start slinging these on the streets like at the mission <laughs> or, hey, we'll see how it goes. The grilled chicken satay recipe quickly became popular among San Francisco mission dwellers. After making an appearance at Off the Grid, a popular weekly local food truck festival, everything changed for Feldo and Ruby. Let's have a listen. I want to say Satisfy Catering is a catering company that focuses on the Indonesian and Filipino flavors and we cater to startups and uh, people all across the bay and also we do food festivals and obviously the biggest festival coming up is Outside Lands that we're pretty excited about. So, yeah. And how did Satisfy begin? So Satisfy began uh, off the bat it's because I needed to pay rent quite honestly. <laughs> um, I remember when um, I was working in the startup scene and there was like a merger acquisition where all of a sudden like I actually got laid off. So I got to San Francisco thinking like, whoa, uh, I had a startup thing going on and was working and all of a sudden I'm locked in a lease and I had to pay rent. So I just kind of put two things together where like, you know, my family had a really amazing satay recipe. The name Satisfied came mm-hmm. about, and it just kind of taught me how to make it. And then from there, I just like, you know, I'll just start slinging these on the streets like <laughs> at the mission or, hey, you know, people selling hot dogs and bacon. I figure I could do the same thing with satays and we'll see how it goes. And that's really more how it started, just to actually just to pay the bills. And obviously it spawned to be an actual catering company run with my wife. So it's been a crazy journey and and my family was doing really well in Los Angeles and then I just figured I could bring it back up to San Francisco too and see how that goes and your family had a restaurant in, in Los Angeles they, or what were they you know they go all around the city uh in in, in LA and then always constantly going they're kind of like a travel road show I say <laughs> so where where did you both grow up and you, you go ahead and start born here mm-hmm. uh San Francisco uh-huh grew up and raised in Daly City. Uh, my parents, I grew up with home cooking. My mom cooked all the time. Like we didn't have any fast food, like very little. I really enjoy eating and I really love food. And uh, working with fellow just came about. We started dating. I didn't know and I I guess maybe it's a joke, but like love it for saute bite. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I think you have something here. Yeah. And you just started dating when he was kind of starting the whole thinking about the business and really trying to pursue uh, catering moving forward. Mm -hmm. So a couple years and I would never have thought that I'd be working with my husband. At the same time, it's kind of a gift. I mean, sure, there's just challenges because we're we're together all the time. (laughs) Like we work together, (laughs) you go home together. And so there's trying to find the balance. Yeah, (laughs) right. 
we I run the kitchen most of the time, working with the food and with the employees. And Phil is more the business side, so mm-hmm. he's more the brain on this part. What about the the Filipino cuisine that your mom would make stood out to you? And is your is are your parents from the Philippines or were they, they also are, born? They are. Yeah, okay. they're born in the Philippines and then they moved here, so I'm second generation. And um, I think it's more for me. It's just the love of cooking at home and like good memories and helping my mom prep stuff like mm-hmm. I was always I could say like her sous chef and mm-hmm. garlic girl and yeah. <laughs> making lumpia rolls so it was just part of sharing stories while you're cooking experience yep. yep and I think that's what brings me back it's kind of funny because now I'm remembering stories growing up or with my grandparents or it was always about food my mm-hmm. family loves food and yeah they love to eat food and try different <laughs> things so we talk about food and I didn't realize I was such a foodie until my friends were like Ruby, is there anything else besides like, food? Food, you yeah. talk about, or chocolate, or you know something different, and you can ask fellow too. It's just yeah, I, I noticed immediately that she was a foodie when when we were on a date and like every corner was like, oh look, this is the donut shop that we ate here. It's like every other corner was her telling me of all the places she ate. I'm like, <laughs> I never met a person that talked about every corner and <laughs> I didn't realize I and was doing it that much until someone pointed it out I'm like oh this is just normal conversation like there's a good memory there this yeah is a good thing I ate over there like oh maybe I can copy that over there <laughs> you know, I don't yeah it, it was awesome and it clearly she had a love for food yeah and that's kind of like how it worked that work even though I started this whole thing it's like she's the heartbeat of the flavor and the food and um, that's why she's the kind of like the kitchen production manager, making sure everything's moving forward and tasting as good as it is. Yeah. So uh, she's the quality control. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And talking about where I was born, my story is funny. Uh, when I say funny, like I was born in Jakarta, Indonesia, and I came to the States when I was five. And it's funny because I think how I saw food was in the very very beginning it was just kind of like you eat that's it just it's like just to make sure you grow yeah (laughs) and and to make sure like you don't go hungry um and like a plant yeah yeah and 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 it's not it was kind of like the culture of my parents initially like hey you know just gotta eat eat fast don't eat all of it that was like the vibe I got and it never really thought much about food for for a long time as a as a child and as i started growing i noticed that like every job was a food job (laughs) meaning i I remember starting off like my very first job was working in baskin robbins mine too oh nice great baskin Robbins. you're like obama 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 (laughs) had the the same first job like oh dude me and obama we connect on that so funny yeah i was like 16 or 15 but yeah that was my yeah my minimum wage was 425 or four dollars it was terrible yeah it was crazy but then you got to eat ice cream for dinner yeah i i remember just (laughs) walk staying in the walking cooler and just like having a a scoop of ice cream Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, that's crazy. That, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and beyond Baskin Robbins, I, 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 my, my best friends from high school would remember I worked at the Gray Steak Potato Company, and then afterwards I, from college, I went to work at In and Out Burger. I still love. That's still one of my favorite jobs. And then on top of that, there was also the um, Domino's pizzas. Yeah. You know, like all, all of the these. Fine dining you know, all, all, exactly, of all the fine American dining staples. Exactly, all the fine dining staples of, of America. <laughs> And then, so I didn't really think much of how food was besides just working. 
And then my parents got into it because somebody's like, hey, you know, you should make these sautés for, for people. I'm like, okay. Because she was, he was just basically cooking, making it for himself and just sharing it for people. And then my mother, I'll tell a little story. But my mother's a very skeptical person in general. Mm -hmm. So she's like, oh, you can't sell any of this or whatever. I remember that kind of distinctly. And then somebody asked, like, hey, can I get an order for 100 satays? And that's when the light bulb went off for her. Like, okay, this is actually a business. <laughs> so we started, you know, that's when they started selling the food markets and, and it became successful. And I kind of like followed their little trailblaze in LA and put it up in San Francisco. So that's kind of like my whole backstory. Um, and then you met me. Then I, <laughs> then I met you. And then you met. And what's funny is like, uh, like I said, I've, food is beyond just actually eating for me now. It's just like, it's like a, shared experience of enjoying one's company mm -hmm. and i think for a long time i never saw that so so how did um how did you two meet one of my co-workers uh, actually the one of my boss's uh wife was her best friend got it okay so that was kind of like how we got introduced to each other i had to move back to la because the company got acquired and then i went back up to san francisco and i remember just randomly calling people like hey you know i'm back in the bay and i and that she was like one of them <laughs> and i go I don't hey i think it was that random though <laughs> it was random i'm gonna that's my story i'm sticking to it <laughs> um, she was the only one you yeah. called huh <laughs> yeah. And then and then I and then I I called her and then I remember telling her, hey, you know, I'm gonna have a birthday party just at Dolores Park just to kind of hang out. Yeah, you're grilling your sautés at the park. Yeah, That's I was awesome. I was yeah cooking sautés for the grill. So yeah. <laughs> and at this point, you were still trying to figure things out and what what to do. And what was the first time that you actually realized that you were in a business now and selling? Well, um, I was fortunate enough to actually get into off the grid. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, everything kind of like turned around in terms of you have a festival to work. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of paying customers. So Off the Grid is a big food truck uh, festival scene that's uh, taking place every uh, Fridays in Fort Mason. It's obviously grown to be so much more beyond the food truck scene. Mm -hmm. One of yeah. my friend's MBA student friend, and she told me like, hey, you know, you should apply for Off the Grid. I'm like, what's that? She explained to me it's a food truck scene or a food festival scene. And they're really looking for Asian food. I'm like, okay, I do Asian food. <laughs> and then that's when I'm like, okay, I applied. And I got an interview. And then they said, okay. Um, a week later, I got an email saying like, oh, you got in. I'm like, well, what? I got in? Really? Oh, like. And it's, and you know, that was the turning point pretty much of how from working on the street corner of 30th and Valencia in the mission on Saturday nights. This is before Uber and Lyft, by the way. If, right, right. if Uber and Lyft existed back then, I would have been doing that yeah, <laughs> just yeah, to yeah. pay rent. Right. But back then, it was just. So I guess that, that uh, we'll think about all the catering and crazy food businesses that we're missing out on because they're driving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that that's kind of like what happened. And I got into off the grid and. And then eventually I got catering agencies calling me like, hey, you know, we saw you're not off the grid. Would you be interested in catering for corporate offices? And I'm like, sure, I guess. <laughs> so it's just more like word of mouth, right? It's like through contacts and referrals and one thing led to another. And then we did this festival and then mm -hmm. here we are. Well, I was trying to follow my father's footsteps in the very beginning, which is just do the food festivals. Mm -hmm. I had no idea of catering at all. And it's completely reversed the roles, meaning I really like catering. It's predictable. We 
interact we work with a lot of amazing startups mm -hmm. you know you know from we've catered to square yelp evernote pfizer I mean, just a startup, a little startup yeah, called Pfizer. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, they're not really a startup. Um, <laughs> I remember I literally catered to Square when mm -hmm. it was 50 people. Wow. Yeah. And no joke. And they used to be in the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah. And obviously they're not that anymore. And the same thing with Lyft. Mm -hmm. We catered to them when they were like 50 people. Again, not like that anymore. And it's crazy. It, you can say, obviously, as the Silicon Valley startup scene has grown, so has our catering company. And uh, we've been very fortunate about that. So. Yeah, there was, um, uh, I sort of hinted that you guys were my next interview on Twitter. And a friend picked up on it. And he used to work for Hipmunk a long time ago. And he was like, are you talking to the Satisfied team? I love those guys. They're so great. And like their food's so amazing. And so I think mm -hmm. you've definitely made an impression. Yeah, Thank well, you. Yeah. That means a lot. I mean, we don't realize, for me, it's more about doing good work and doing quality food and then hopefully people will like it and maybe if they like it enough they'll order more mm -hmm. um we're proud of what there's we do. there's two parts in our business that i feel like we're very i'm proud about like for me i've, I've come in from a business customer service taking care of the customers and that's why i like we're fortunate enough where the yelp reviews are really high and i think that's why because we really really care about the customers making sure they're taken care of and if they have any issues i'm always there like hey Whatever we do is to make good for you, we'll do that. I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk. He says like, you don't want customers, you want clients. And clients meaning like long-term, lifetime customers that wants to work with you. Like a customer, his definition is like a one-timer. And we're not about that. So we, we really all about like lifetime value of the customer and we, we, we wanna be there for them. You know, you mentioned Hipmunk and like they've grown too. and. And for me, I'm kind of a geek too. And I say that meaning like, oh, we're, 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 we're catering to Hipmunk? I just use no, it. get excited just, I just as much as they get excited. I, I just use their, um, their, their travel service and to book our flights or, or and the same thing with Evernote. It's like, yeah. hey, we, we cater Evernote. So, I mean, I use Evernote on a daily basis. It's just been kind of a wild ride. In Silicon Valley, just obviously the city of innovation and so many things are going on and we're we're just we're happy to hear that we're we're a part of their lives to kind of like make them happy and also understand that we're actually one of the factors a small factor I'm not going to say a big factor of keeping the Silicon Valley machine going and mm -hmm. I feel I'm a part of the innovation well and <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking we're feeding we're feeding their innovative brains there so <laughs> yes and and I I mean you're very much running essentially a startup this yes is, this, that is what you guys are doing yeah. you just happen to be feeding people <laughs> We're, we're a lean startup, like Eric Reese <laughs> says, you know. Like. Yeah. For me personally, the more I talk to people in the restaurant world and chefs, the more and more apparent it becomes to me how essential it is to be a brilliant business person because the margins are so tight that you really have to be on top of everything. And so I think a lot of ivory tower types may sometimes look down on local business or small business owners and think they're not real business people when in fact the more I learn about it, there's more on the line for people who own small businesses than people who think of themselves as excellent business people that are playing with other people's money. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know? that's funny so, you say that because like um, 
you know, we've obviously been for, we've been bootstrapping. We've never taken any VC money. I mean, uh, honestly, I don't think they would fund us anyway. <laughs> We're not. We don't have any traction or any hockey stick graphs, you know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like the lingo of, of the tech right. world. Uh, I it's mean, funny. I'm sure you have. I think I think it's clear you have traction. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no million of I, million eyeballs. That's what they like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that kind of like. Right. We don't have no business model, but there's a million eyeballs. I actually have a business model. Yeah. <laughs> Paying customers and, re and retaining them. This is Rebecca Goberstein, and you're listening to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love. We'll be right back with Feldo and Ruvi of Satisfied. So, um... You kind of mentioned how you work together day to day, but how do you guys decide what's on the menu? And um, Feldo, you mentioned that your wife had a lot of influence on the menu, and you've started to morph um, beyond just the satay. So how do you how do you fuse Filipino food and Indonesian food together? We found that like um, Indonesian was definitely a unique proposition where people wanted to try Indonesian food, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like. I have my wife here who knows Filipino food. And then, like, I, I came together with the thought of, like, yes, it started as an Indonesian catering company, but it's, like, Indonesian and Filipino. They're both kind of in the same flavors, but unique in its own way. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to share that with the community. And with that said, like, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback with the Filipino cuisine. And because of that, companies that order, like, once a month have been ordering us twice a month alternating from Indonesian to Filipino, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. therefore also helped us with the revenue and mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. scaling. So how, how we came about doing it was just that what's funny is like a lot of our customers are actually admins and office managers and they're working on tight budgets, you know, where like 10 to $11 per head is like what they couldn't do. And so we constantly test menu items for where it's like the most efficient product where we can produce in a mass quantity and also work within the budgets of the startups and office managers. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how we've kind of figured out what's in the menu. And at the same time, we love, I know she loves watching cooking shows, but she loves to just <laughs> watch the cooking shows. I actually love to like see how they do it and like hey you know we can put a little spin to this mm -hmm. and and then like test this out mm -hmm. uh, the indonesian menu i remember like for for a long time we were just doing satays mm -hmm. and it was a little time consuming and it was unsustainable mm -hmm. to to keep up with the demand and mm -hmm. and then especially with the margins that you're working with you mm -hmm. know it's like you say it's a business at the end of the day you got to work with the cards you're dealt with the time that you're dealt with and also the the margins you're trying to work for mm -hmm. what we also found actually but a lot of coders you know they don't know how many six they would take so they would take five and six yeah. and they would only eat two right and then the four or five would just go down to the to trash mm -hmm. and then long story short the office manager would say hey we're out of food <laughs> And I'm like, did you not look at the trash can? There's a lot of food there, you know? Like, yeah. So what we did, when, instead of like the meats on the stick, we chopped it up and then people take two or three scoops and it's like a lot more. And then we worked mm -hmm. within their budget. That was like the most cost-effective, productive way. That's interesting. So people sort of visualize the quantity of food differently when it's on a stick in a line right. versus what they're used to seeing in like a little scooped um, mass. <laughs> that sounds so not appetizing, but... 
yeah. that's interesting so how would you guys describe because i think also what's kind of neat about what you guys do is that it is a little bit um it's a little bit more unique to this area in terms of the kind of asian food that we get in the bay area how would you describe uh filipino food flavors versus indonesian food flavors Filipino, with I think it's more of a milder taste. Um, Indonesian has, is way more savory, mm-hmm. savory sweet. What um, are the kinds of different spices that are more common in Filipino food versus Indonesian food? Well, Filipino food is more like soy sauce and garlic. Indonesian, you guys have coriander and sweet soy sauce. Mm-hmm. It's more similar tropical. but different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, like, to be honest, like, I didn't really know about Indonesian food until I started dating this guy. I'm like, <laughs> what are some of the items on the menu that have really stood out that are Filipino and, um, and, and Indonesian? People love the noodles, like the Tech Tech noodles and, and, the, and the chicken, uh, the grilled chicken, the chicken sautés. And um, everybody likes the sweet, savory meats. It's just one of those things. And, and then people love peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. Peanut sauce has been, like, oh, yeah. one of our staples of, of of condiment in fact that's actually what i would like to do down the road of like seeing what i can do to expand our business and the branding and perspective of bottled peanut sauce that's always been a back of my mind but i mean, that's something i need to work on um that's the indonesian area and then of course in terms of the filipino food we have the banana ketchup barbecue chicken that's been really really great banana uh, ketchup barbecue chicken basically ketchup. filipino barbecue it's just got it filipino ingredients <laughs> yeah she finally mastered the pancit <laughs> she's the noodle person mm-hmm. just is a new thing I'm, in terms of feedback that we've heard mm-hmm. from our clients i'm like oh you guys have filipino food okay I'm like, okay they're excited okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of like working what we know and working with with our clients mm-hmm. and Food is always changing, mm-hmm. and then allergies are always changing. <laughs> so we've also modified our, our recipes where it's a lot of gluten-free stuff, and mm-hmm. there's vegan options, and um, that's something you know we're proud to be able to do, mm-hmm. accommodating to the the customers and uh, all throughout the Bay Area. So especially if you're catering versus you know like one-off coming up to you from a food cart perspective, it's probably more important to be really careful about. Mm-hmm catering literally to <laughs> different allergies and food preferences so right. that makes sense right you mentioned all the startups that you guys service how how do they find you is it just through the catering recruiters essentially is that kind of how it works or? there's there's a couple ways a majority of our business are catering agencies mm-hmm. and at the same time there's a point where we didn't have a lot of business so what we had to do is we had we literally took a list of like all the startups and tech crunch <laughs> and and just like okay found their information and went door to door wow like you know foster city and san mateo was like our first stomping grounds we went door to door like hey can we do a tasting for you to see how it is and um that kind of started the recurring customers because it was our clients on top of the catering agencies and mm-hmm. how people have found us is through yelp yelp mm-hmm. has been a very positive marketing tool and also, we've been fortunate to be very uh, reviewed really well. <laughs> and, um, of course, the food festival scenes also helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of adds that cool factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Private parties. We do a lot of, like, baby showers and birthdays on the weekends. I think it's funny that, like, you know, <laughs> when I say funny, it's like, yeah, you know, they're, they're really trusting us in their birthday parties. So that's really fun. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Employees, it's like, eh. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of. It's funny, like that's Family. that's actually one of the things that it's like. We most of our business obviously startups, and we love them, and you know they they uh, they're innovating things, and we're a part of that. But you know, it's I think they're just so used to food, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they don't really appreciate the the love and everything sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then like when we when we call, you know, obviously when we cater to like a private party, when they call us for, it's just like an intimate moment. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like they're celebrating a, a wedding or a birthday or a baby shower. I mean, everything. Those are significant parts of people's lives, and for us to be a part of it and make sure like that everything is smooth, I think that's that's great. And you know, obviously besides food, it's like we're not selling food. We're, we're selling a peace of mind for people. That's why we're here to satisfy you. You know, mm-hmm. it's like everything's gonna be okay. We're, me and my wife will take good care of you. So we, we've been um, fortunate to do that. What's been the most challenging thing as you guys have grown the business? I'll say it straight up. I'm not really a good manager at all. Um, I'm more very much a focus in the customers and like, you know, taking care of like what their needs are, creating the orders and finding more business I'm I like that part I'm really good Mm -hmm. at that makes me like you know I'm happy to do that and for me as a challenge has been managing my employees and my my people that's where fortunately Ruby's really good at managing the kitchen because like the production and the managing on side Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I'm not really good at that so that's been my challenge and also you know hiring good people keeping them so it's one of the things I've I find and I, I I'm constantly trying to work on is like it, you know, we're trying to make it where we grow the business and also try to grow our people within mm-hmm. the business. And I'm, I've have a struggle with that, but I'm, you know, still learning and working on doing that. So mm-hmm. I think the challenging part for me is doing the same job every day, but doing it the best you can. So as if I never cooked the day before, mm-hmm. <laughs> and giving as the best quality that I can give every day to our clients, so that they can come back and be excited about our food and. I'm just excited about cooking for them as, you know, hopefully they are about getting ready to eat for lunch or dinner or stuff like that. So I think maintaining that is what keeps me going and what keeps me on my toes, so to speak. And also like just keep innovating and changing as everybody else changes around us. I mean, we still want to be, like Fellow says, a part of everybody's lives in terms of food, but service as well. And I mean, it's just human to human. Like, this is what we do. You know, this is our service to you. So it's like everyone's just kind of uh, interchanging gifts, like I would say. Meaning like you give us the opportunity to feed you and you give us the gift of letting us be a part of you. Yeah, yeah. It's an exchange. Right. We want it to be a very good and positive one. Hopefully it's something they can remember, not just on their tongues, but (laughs) like yeah, a a good positive exchange, I'd say. Yeah. What are you looking forward to next? I mean, you have been mentioning that you're, you know, looking to looking at different ways to expand. So what what are you looking forward to next? We're actually planning to go to Indonesia and the Philippines at the end of the year to kind of visit our our motherlands. I want to go there to connect with family members, kind of get to know my my stories of my father and my my mom. But most importantly, which kind of relates back to the business is actually to learn more dishes. Mm-hmm. To learn new authentic recipe dishes that we can and flavors and techniques mm-hmm. to bring back to to the states and to our customers, and I know that I wanted to also go to the Philippines. I've never been, which is her neck of the woods, and do the <laughs> I same. Yeah. I haven't been probably twenty years. I'm just thinking about it. So we're we're both on the same mission. Our goal is when we come back with the knowledge, with the stories, and with the recipes. 
we're actually thinking, cross our fingers, of possibly creating a small cookbook. M not to make crazy money, it's just more like to share to our customers like hey you know this is we really want to be known as the indonesian filipino uh catering company in the bay area so we just i guess uh, if there is somewhat like of a overall mission we just want to be a really good representative spokespeople of the southeast flavors of indonesia and philippines mm -hmm. into the bay area it's a very consistent theme those who those who are cooking sort of a specific ethnic cuisine are very uh, passionate about keeping the flavors true to their origins and you know we heard that with Nopalito and with Ichi Sushi and Ichi Kakia and um, and others so I think that's been a very consistent theme around restaurants and food businesses that have done really well that are that are specific to ethnic cuisine and a lot of them do go back to the origin country with either whether it's their own origin um, family's history or the just happens to be the cuisine of the food. The Italian restaurants, they go back to Italy a lot. You, know, you guys, I know that's very difficult for all of you to have to make these trips to <laughs> exotic <laughs> places, but you do it for the business, right? <laughs> but no, love, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you, you have to sort of experience the whole ambiance and environment and culture and noises and smells and everything to, I think, accurately bring that back. So that's great. <laughs> so what's uh, what's been the most rewarding thing for you guys as through everything you've experienced so far? The one of the most rewarding things for me it's been like the repeat customers and then that they that they trust us to be part of their their events and their life moments and then on top of that just like I get taken back when like you said like somebody's like oh yeah them satisfied or like or yeah we like their food we love them it's like throws me off because like oh I that's that's me that's us yeah you know like, like that I thought, yeah. uh, we're just doing our job i guess but no no it, that's been one of the most rewarding things and you know like even the yelp reviews too it's like people like really take the time to review us and say hey you know we were we were very satisfied and <laughs> and all of these good things and and just to obviously the quick shout outs we're also you know being part of the outside lands we were we are um, one of the rewarding things and is being a part of uh an elite like when i say elite like a lot of great restaurants in the in and be selected to be part of that is very rewarding we're feeding thousands of people in the festivals and you know outside lands is a san francisco treat yeah. <laughs> for every every year and then and for us to be a part of it that's been very rewarding and on a personal level obviously it's been rewarding because you know we, we run our own business and um i i'm sure People who know me, I'm not the best employee in the world. <laughs> never stayed, <laughs> never stayed in a job very long. It's been one of those things. I was never, never a good nine to five kind of guy. So, mm -hmm. so um, with that said, so fortunately, this is actually one of the one and only vehicles that actually makes me like, you know, create a, a consistent income, be a contributing to the society, take care of my family, and survive the expensive life of San Francisco. <laughs> the ever ever increasing expensive rents of San Francisco, you right. know. Um, so we, we're fortunate so that I, you know, being able to do that and that's been very rewarding. And one more thing, with Outsiderlands, it's like people don't realize, yes, we're selling food, but for us now, it's been a tradition for the family. Meaning like my mom and dad comes up, my brother comes up there from, you know, LA. Her parents. Like a mini reunion, I guess, at the same time, which is 
family and friends together, which it which is fun for us. And uh, you see people coming to the festivals, or this one person I remember last year. She she came on Sunday night, and she specifically told us, "You guys." Obviously, she was a little inebriated. But she <laughs> I came to your tent every day and I love your food and I just bought it and I was telling everybody about it and I was so in awe of that I'm like are you serious she's like yeah this is the only tent I went to I'm like only the only tent she went to in like how many food vendors in outside land so it's been crazy so yeah yeah ridiculous but this is the what how many times have this you been is our, our fifth land? year our wow. fifth year um, we started in two, thank you yeah. they like us <laughs> yeah and we we uh, do our best to continue that yeah we started in 2011 we didn't know what we were doing back then <laughs> meaning like everything was a little chaotic yeah and now the fifth year things are a lot smoother yeah uh, we were fortunate to see so many great acts on top of just making good money yep so um, yeah our fifth year uh, reunion and um I'm really excited to, to come see you guys there. So this, this episode will be coming out after Outside Lands will have happened. So great, great. Um, I'll be lucky enough to, to be there to, yeah. um, to photograph you guys in action. And um, thank you guys again for that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be so fun. And um, uh, yeah, it's much appreciated. So um, well, congratulations on five years at Outside Lands. I mean, I know, you know, that's probably just a blip probably on the radar in terms of your business and revenue but um in terms of sort of the stamp of approval i mean you guys are with the elite of san francisco um in terms of the cuisine that's offered there and food and drink and and all of it so that's got to feel pretty pretty good i also imagine the application process there is um a little more stringent than off the grid even though off the grid is certainly we got we got we got really lucky um the catering food happens to be a vehicle to put people together and that it's like because we happen to be serving food my parents came together the people we interact come together like it's just food it's just a vehicle but what we're, what we're really about is actually like the interactions and part of the service i thought that was like the, it took me a while to figure that out we're trying to sell food we're trying to sell food but no it's of course food is definitely has to be good quality <laughs> but i think it's the interaction and also like we wanted to be a good representation of the flavors of Indonesia and the Philippines too. Right. So. A piece of happiness all the way around, hopefully, yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much, and um, I'm excited to see you in a couple weeks at Outside Lands. Well, thanks for having us, really. I appreciate you taking the time with us, too. So remember, getting fired or laid off might just be the best thing that's ever happened to you. Feel like trying the fried noodles and grilled satays for yourself? Have Satisfied cater a meal for your private event or company. Visit Satisfied.com or find them on Yelp. In the next episode of Menu Stories, we get to meet Steve Anderson, the owner of an unassuming, long-standing English pub that sits on a busy corner on Geary Avenue, The Pig and Whistle. Tune in and discover what this authentic pub has to do with British punk and rock bands like none other than the police. You don't want to miss it. Subscribe to Menu Stories on menustories.com so you can get the next episode delivered to your inbox. You can listen on our website, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, happy eating.